0: You're listening to the Homegrown Faith podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend Richard Sweatman about God, the Bible, and life lived, growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle.
1: Hey there, Joe. Good to talk with you again.
0: Yes, two weeks of holidays, and we're back. How mm. was your break?
1: Oh, very good. Yeah, we we're outside of Newcastle. We got away so. That means no lawn mowing or laundry or all those sort of tasks. And so, uh, yeah, a little bit of beach, a little bit of relaxing, but uh, yeah, great to be away. How about Uh, you, Joe?
0: Yes, I also got away. I got away to the beach, but I also got away to the family farm, which Mm. was, I have to tell you, Richard, there's this pleasure that I get from going to the farm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if, I'm sure other people have had this experience, but I thought I'd just share it. So basically, um, to drive through our property, you need a a well-graded road because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just really hard because it's quite um, high grass or it could be stumps or whatever. And we've just had the roads graded. And so mum and I got into our four-wheel drive and we went for a drive around the property and, you know, you can't see another human. It's just rolling um, grass and trees. It's pretty flat Mm. um, but there's a mountain in the background. We've got a mountain on our property and Mm. kangaroos bouncing by and, um, you, you you know you're talking about the stock, or you're talking about the trees and mm. the vegetation, and it's quiet and breezy and sunny, and it was just so nice. And it's the, I think that's the charm of living on a farm. You get to just be in the bush and enjoy that
1: experience. And so, that's really interesting. I'm picturing yeah. you. You're in a, a four wheel drive sort of vehicle.
0: Yeah, a big Nissan Patrol, and you're kind of going over. Um, we call them woe boys where they're like um the gr- the person grading has put um sort of essentially big speed bumps in the road mm, to manage yeah. erosion everything like that and so you go over that and then you keep going and you're driving at about 40ks an hour so you're going quite slowly um, because you're just looking around you're enjoying and you've got
1: the the windows down and your arms sort of yeah. hanging out
0: yep that's exactly right and you just you just my dad would say, "We're just we're just going to sneak over there," <laughs> which is literally you just driving. And there's lots of memories of my dad who died over three years ago now. And yeah. it was just a really pleasurable time for Mum and I to quietly drive around these beautifully done roads and enjoy the farm and, yeah. the, veg- and the vegetation. And yeah, it was did good. you get
1: out get out of times and sort of poke at a fence or uh, look at uh, a pile of something on the ground. Or
0: well, if I was with my dad, he would. It looked like he was not look- looking where he was driving. He would always have his head around looking at things <laughs> and, he'd, and he'd just he'd say, oh, we're just going to poke over there and he would drive up to something that he'd spotted was an issue, yeah. whether it's a fence down or maybe something else, and he'd mm. just have a look at it and then we'd get out and fix it and then we'd get back on the road. Whereas with mum and I, we were just going for the fun of it and so yeah. we didn't really have any agenda and we didn't really see anything to stop for. But we did stop and we looked in the dam one of the dams mm. is full and the turkey's nests are full and so lots of water around and stuff like that.
1: The so. turkey's nests? What?
0: Yeah. The, the <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't know what that is. Scrub so, turkey?
1: <laughs> <or>?
0: <laughs> no, so um, a, a dam is where you stop the flow of water to catch it and yeah. so the water is going to flow through but you, you stop it with some some soil and you use an excavator to do that. Mm-hmm. A turkey's nest is it mimics an actual turkey's nest in that you use an excavator to push all soil up, and then you pump water into the the basin created by the soil being pushed up. Oh, so it's right. essentially, it will look exactly like a dam, but it's not part of a water course. It's just um, essentially it's a water storage with soil. We use an excavator to push it up on each side, every side, and you pump water into the middle <laughs> of it.
1: But it there looks like go. a turkey's
0: nest, and so yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we call it in our family.
1: There you <laughs> go. I'm sounding such a city boy, there, Joe. No idea about these turkeys' nests on your farm. But that's <laughs> thank you. You have painted painted a beautiful picture of your yeah. experience. I appreciate. Yeah, it. it
0: was it was so good. Um, what about you? What have you? What news have you got?
1: Oh, I thought I'd share with you some more phrases from my teenage son. <laughs> um, they were a lot of fun last time. I've got four more, four more words for you, Joe.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, now, see if you know what this is. Uh, the dub.
0: The um, dub.
1: You got the dub. What would you mean if you said I got the dub?
0: You got the win. Very good Yes,
1: yeah. that's yeah. right. So that's the W W short for W. If you get the win, you can tell people. You know, you, you can use this at tennis, Joe. You, you've got the dub.
0: Well, ironically, I did actually use, we're looking for the W today, so now I'm going to go to, we're going for the dub, because I'm yep. going to be as cool as Andy.
1: Okay. <laughs> Next one is, um, what would you be saying if you said something was cap?
0: Cap? Like the captain?
1: No, no. So if, okay. you, if something is cap, it means it's untrue. It's a lie. It's false. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you would say, uh, if you would say, look, I I won every game at tennis this week, someone would say, no, that's cap.
0: <laughs> where does it come from?
1: <laughs> Nobody seems to know where that one comes from. <laughs> and so if you that's... wanted to assert something strongly, you'd say, I won every game of tennis, no cap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's good.
1: <laughs> okay, so cap. All right, here's another one. Uh, cracked. Yeah. Cracked. What would cracked. it mean if, if you were cracked at something?
0: If you were cracked at something? Yeah. Because I've always thought cracked is like, you, you know, you're a bit stressed, mm. but it's not that.
1: No, no. Cracked means you're really good at something. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you,
0: <gasps> I would so misunderstand the youth of today if I was trying oh. to have this kind of conversation well, with the them.
1: Whole, that's the whole point. That's, we're here to help. Uh, so <laughs> you could say um, of, uh, of someone – yeah, he is so cracked at tennis or, um, uh, yeah, that, that girl's cracked at, um, whatever skill you want to say, at knitting. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Gosh. Okay. Last one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> last one is, uh, drip. What does drip mean in youth language? Drip. Oh. Or, uh, drip or dripping.
0: Dripping. Okay. Uh, I don't no I genuinely have no idea what does okay. it mean
1: drip uh, means um, really well dressed not necessarily expect expensive dress but a really good neat outfit fitting together well so okay. you might say about someone's jacket I think you might say that jacket has drip or you're, you' you've got drip today or if someone was <laughs> It's That's absolutely
0: it, ridiculous i
1: know but if someone was looking really good like they had um shoes pants shirt that kind of matched and all flowed together well you'd say uh you know isaac like, you're you're dripping today you're you know look at look at him he's, he's dripping and it's it's a bit funny like it's sort of mocking them a little bit so it's saying they are dressed looking really good but yeah let's not take it too seriously
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's a bit of a tall poppy thing going on at the same time, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, you could try that out on someone who's looking good. You could say, you know, DJ, you're you're dripping today with that outfit.
0: <laughs> I am absolutely convinced I will never use any of those phrases. <laughs> no, maybe the dub. Have you? Okay, here's the question. Do you yeah. use these with Andy for Andy and he respects you for it or do you just get the dad you're not cool
1: kind of oh, thing? Yeah, I, I, I use them. I try them out. but I sort of get them slightly wrong and just so embarrassing. <laughs> but he, oh, he, God, that sounds fun. Yeah, we, we try it out. So, <laughs> well, there we go. That's the update on the latest Andy phrases. Thank
0: you. We have to keep this going because I am really enjoying each time I hear <laughs> things Andy says, and when I look, when I see him around church, I think maybe I'll try and use that phrase, and then I think, nah, I shouldn't. Uh,
1: you should <laughs> totally, totally do it. But uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to some Bible stuff. What have you been reading yeah. in the Bible, Joe?
0: I've been um, keeping on going with my year in the Gospels, and mm-hmm. um, next week I want to tell you about. Um, yeah, something I found really helpful for engaging with Luke mm-hmm. because I've been reading Luke and I've stumbled upon something I genuinely have never noticed before, and I really don't know what it means. So oh, I thought cool. we could talk about it. So yeah. we're at Luke chapter four, and Jesus in v- from verse one, he's full of the Holy Spirit. He's l- he left the Jordan, so he's been um, baptized, mm-hmm. and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days, I'm just reading verse 1, he was tempted by the devil, verse 1 and Mm 2. And so he eats nothing and then there's a series of dialogue between the devil and Jesus Mm. um, where the devil makes a suggestion and Jesus um, rejects it and quotes Old Testament to the devil. The thing that jumped out at me is uh, write down at the end of the section in verse 13. So mm-hmm. I'll just read it. It says, When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Mm. So the devil has tried a series of times to tempt Jesus. He's failed. Jesus has, has withstood the temptation with godliness. Mm. The devil leaves Jesus and the phrase that I don't understand is "until an opportune time." So the word "opportune" doesn't pop up anywhere else in Luke, like from uh, just an English test. Test, like yeah, such yeah. Not a Greek one.
1: Yep. And sure.
0: th- there's references to the devil in other part in one other part of Luke in ch- chapter eight, but I haven't looked into the evil one or any other phrases like that. Yeah, yeah. But I just I've just sat and thought about it this morning and was like, okay. What does this mean?
1: <laughs> what a good exercise. What did you think?
0: <laughs> well, as far, the farthest I got was that, one, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I never <laughs> like to spend too much time. I think the focus of the gospel is always to think about Jesus, not the mm-hmm. devil. And yep. so kind of disciplining myself to read the rest of the chapter because I read the rest of the chapter this morning and just thought, okay, look, I could think for a little while on the devil, but then I'm going to move on because it's not really important. Then I thought, okay, well, when else does the devil? When do else do I know Jesus and the devil are in contact with each other? Well, I don't. I know he's he he defeats evil spirits, but I don't think that's the devil. I think they're separate things. Mm. But I'm it made me think I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the case. And the other thought I had was, I don't really need to know because the major part of this passage is that the devil is defeated mm. and he's he goes and leaves and Jesus, this is Jesus breaking into creation by defeating the devil and this is a signal of what the entire reality of Jesus' relationship with the devil is. He defeats the devil. Mm. And so I think the main thing I came out of it realising was even if I don't understand this opportune time thing, I do think the key idea is... Jesus defeating the devil and mm. that showing who he is and how he's powerful. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess I don't I just moved on from it really. But I still have that question. What are your thoughts?
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving me some thinking time, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I love this passage. Jesus obviously his answers from scripture, he he um mm. and, and we know like he's he's walking the same path as God's people, Israel, Us. in in yeah. the wilderness, um where where they failed in the wilderness. Jesus um, remained obedient, mm. um, but uh, yeah, that, that's
0: where the forty is significant, isn't it? Yeah, 40 yeah, days, like the 40, 40 years, years in the wilderness. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so the yeah the devil is gives up on uh, trying to tempt him, but um, mm. yeah, the battle's not over. Yeah, so no. he kind of like a like a, an army might withdraw after a loss and and rebuild and come back another time. Mm. Uh, that's how it reads. Um,
0: mm. Yeah, I was picturing kind of a retreat. That he's yeah. not—he's not withdrawing in power. He's withdrawing in retreat.
1: Yeah, a strategic retreat. And the thoughts that come to mind would be perhaps—and um, the next opportunity is um, uh, maybe after Peter declares Jesus to be the Christ and mm. follows that up with a "Your death shall never be." Yeah, Which Jesus in, says,
0: "Get away from me."
1: Get away from me, Satan. So. A little temptation there again, like not to go to the cross, to go to glory without mm. the cross.
0: Uh, Interesting,
1: and, yeah. Which Jesus again refutes, um, mm. and then perhaps it. So at the cross, strategically, we're we're looking at the cross for the evidence of the devil or Satan. Yes, um, which is a little bit with um, Judas, uh, although yes,
0: because yeah, he has he's been used by the devil.
1: Yeah, we sort of brings him to the cross, and then I wonder about also the people around him at the cross saying, "Save yourself," or "Prove yourself," or "Come yeah. down from Come the
0: cross. down from you, if you're the king. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's not explicitly Satan or the devil, but it's the sort of things that he was trying to do previously. So,
0: yes, yeah. and it's that whole when the devil is tempting him, he's saying, "If you are this, you mm. should be able to do this. Mm. So do it. Um, serve yourself, and yeah." Hmm. Okay, that's really helpful.
1: <laughs> Just a few thoughts. They're uh, they're not tested. Check on those. But uh, yeah, yeah. The the devil is at work throughout the Gospels, and that opportune time flags flags yeah. that um, this is coming back.
0: Yeah, I think the most explicit one as you were talking is um, the get behind me, Satan of uh, Mark. Was it Mark eight? Yeah, Mark eight, verse thirty three. That's the that, one I
1: remember. It happens in Luke as well. Yeah. For you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always remember it in Mark more than.
1: I remember it <laughs> yeah, too. why is that for you and me and Mark?
0: For me, it's first year more college. Uh, oh. so I just distinctly remember it—the yeah. turning point of Jesus declaring being declared the Messiah—and then bam, straight away.
1: Oh, me too, Joe. Even though I yeah. was earlier in time than you, but. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway, we should yeah. move on. What have you been reading?
1: Oh well, I have. I'll just make this a short one because um, yeah, I've only just started, but uh, I'm reading a book by. Speaking of Moore College, one of our old uh, Bible college lecturers, Andrew Sheed. Yes, Um, Andrew Sheed. I loved Andrew's lectures. Yes. uh, And and just getting to know him. He's a very interesting guy, a very intelligent guy. And uh, he's written a great little book on, um, well, not a little book, a big book, to be honest. Uh, It's called A Mouthful of Fire, The Word of God in the Words of Jeremiah.
0: And uh,
1: it's in the New Studies in Biblical Theology um, series, which Mm -hmm. is sort of one of those series that is – Kind of designed for college students, and mm. and it's a it's a little bit, um, little bit heavy at times. Uh, but um, we're doing a bit of teaching in Jeremiah, and uh, I've been wanting to read this for ages, so finally, kind of pulling it out. Um, but uh, great little um, points in the introduction. A few things saying um, when we approach the Old Testament, th- there's a risk sometimes that we can just go, all right, hang on, how's this talking about Jesus? How's this talking about Jesus? Ah, there it is. Okay, let's go to New Testament. Let's talk about Jesus. Um, which there's a good instinct, as we know, of like the whole Bible is about Jesus and it's always pointing forward to Jesus. Mm. But he's saying, oh, hang on, let's, can we just not, not slow down a little bit and actually learn about God from the Old Testament? Mm. Uh, and learn about the gospel message from the Old Testament, even construct Christian doctrine from the Old Testament. Um, and I thought, oh, that's actually a really helpful challenge. Um, why, yeah, why can I not look at a passage of Old Testament and build Christian doctrine? Yeah, sure, sure. Bringing in Christ, but yeah, not not pass over so quickly, and um, mm. yeah, you know, learn and delve into it. So, um, uh, yeah,
0: I like good. that. That's great because otherwise we divide the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we treat one as more significant than the other in terms of its Christian influence. And so,
1: mm.
0: yeah, I like that emphasis of working harder in the Old Testament to understand how it's a Christian
1: doctrine. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I might share a bit of uh, yeah Jeremiah in our some of our chats over the coming coming weeks. Mm. But um, yeah, mouthful of fire: the words of God in Jeremiah, the words of God in the words of Jeremiah by Andrew Sheed. So yeah, oh, good on you for doing that.
0: that. <laughs> good on you for doing that reading because it it does take. Well, I find it takes that decision making to choose to work harder in, in books that are, you mm. know, that make me think really hard about Bible texts. I, yeah. I enjoy it, but it's it takes the decisiveness to say i am going to grow so good on you richard
1: thank you joe all right <laughs> well we better wrap it up good chatting yes. with you joe
0: yes good to be back and we'll be back next week i'll talk to you then sounds good bye bye